0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Should have come it,
1: over. it was me and my I uh, was phone. phone. I was, I was posting connected. all kinds oh, of Irish. Instagram yeah, stories that day. Week long. So just leave a man alone with his phone and he'll, he'll find uh, stupid stuff to do. So I was posting stuff on Instagram. Stephanie was sick with the flu. My kids were at <sighs> my parents' house. And I was watching the Cowboys. I cooked steak. It was the most... Uh, <laughs> Interesting Thanksgiving I've ever had. Yeah. But I'm thankful still. Uh, we, we have uh, a lot to be thankful for coming yes. out of the, the holiday season. But what I'm most thankful for is Ed and Lisa Young today on EXO Live. This is exciting for me. You guys have been on my list to have on the show. <laughs> and it's the perfect, it's the perfect one. Uh, crossing of a new book called The Path Through Pain that you guys have written. Uh, but I want to start off because what I need everyone out there to understand is, is that we're at fellowship because of you alls story and we're also fellowship because stephanie connected with your message uh based upon this book what, what happened to this book and so we found a great church home at fellowship church and we're honored to be a part of the family uh, there honored to call you my pastors uh, i feel like you're almost family to some degree that's the way we feel about you guys so having you on the show today for me is a full circle moment to be able to share uh our lives what's happening in our world with with XO, but also to kind of peel back the curtain and let people see more about your life and what's happening in your world. So I, I thank you guys for being here.
2: Thank you. We're excited. It's an honor. Yeah,
3: you've and got, we, the, and we love the Evans family. Well,
1: we we are going to have some great questions coming in from the chat. We have people watching from all over the world uh, every week, and so when these questions come in, we'll we'll put them up, and we can awesome. Uh, I will throw you some softball questions and some hardball questions, whatever you want. Be sweet. I
0: was uh, like, do not ask me
4: that question.
1: But to start us off, uh, Taiwan, if you don't mind putting up this picture, this this is also a full circle moment because we have uh, you were at the groundbreaking ceremony. So this is you and us. Uh, you're, we're now in the Exo Marriage Center. We're in the studio, but this is the dirt that we were turning over about almost two years ago. You remember this picture? I sure That's do. That's you in the, the middle. Yep. That's yeah. so cool. With us. And then uh, go to the next photo. This was us a couple of weekends ago. Uh, this is Chris Tomlin at Fellowship Church <laughs> with the launch of the book. And you know, we've been there since COVID. And this, this has kind of been happening over the last few weekends, few months, where we're getting pushed to the balcony, which we love. <laughs> yeah. And I told Stephanie, because our EXO Marriage Conference is at Fellowship. Yes. And it's always sold out. And I wanted to get a, an experience of what somebody at the Exo Conference would feel. We were in the second to last row, and it felt amazing. It was, a, it was an good. incredible Thank experience, you. Good. beautiful service. Y'all did a great job of, of you know, uh, celebrating the moment of the book, but also, uh, Ed, your message that day, I thought was the best mm-hmm. version of that story and testimony that I've heard so far very, very uh, from you over the last year and a half. You were you. real, vulnerable. Raw, honest, transparent—everything mm-hmm. about the difficulty of telling that story you did with grace, and with uh, the ability to uh, talk about it without it getting too out of balance, right? To 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 make sure people knew you were human and that you felt feelings, mm-hmm. but also that. You have Jesus Christ, and He's the foundation for what you need. So, you did a great job; very brilliant. Thank you. Uh, I can build you guys up
3: as much as you want me to. You <laughs> know, Bring Brent, it on. To me, Come you on. know, in a, in a in a situation wherever, whenever you're talking, or let's say, for example, you're you're preaching. I always try. I mean, I do. I ask the Holy Spirit to give me the words to say. Of course, I study a lot during the week, and He speaks to me then. But then also, too, we have to have freedom, I think, as teachers, speakers, whatever, to allow those, those uh, promptings, those moments where you, know, you, you, you share. And I, I grew up in a pastor's home like you did, and many times hearing so many preachers, a lot of the stories seem to be, I would say, too good to be true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not that they're, I'm not calling anyone a liar, but it's like, wow, wow. <laughs> never, it's never happens to me. So Lisa and I just tried, we've tried um, when we started Fellowship Church to be real and authentic. And sometimes in being authentic, you're not the hero of the story.
2: Yeah. I would say you do a good job with that. Do a great job with mm-hmm.
1: that. You know, this was a God wink moment for me. I told you this. Um, I never met Lee Beth, but back in my worship leading days, uh, there was a worship leader that was a he was the main worship leader at Trinity Fellowship, mm-hmm. and he went to CFNI here in the Dallas area. And so I traveled with him to Dallas. We lived in Amarillo at the time. we had just gotten married. I traveled with him on a Friday to Dallas, and we were going back to Amarillo on Sunday morning. We stopped at Starbucks at the Barnes and Noble in Grapevine, and I saw you and a, a, a young girl. Uh, you were getting into your. It was either a white or black BMW X5. I can't remember. Black. Uh, it was black. Yes. Okay. And uh, I saw you with a little girl, and it wasn't the twins. So yeah. uh, it was like this God moment. Now full circle. Yes. Me seeing you. Of course, I didn't mm-hmm. know you at the time, uh, but being being able to picture you mm-hmm. with with her and be able mm-hmm. to see yes. that because I didn't get to experience her life um, like mm-hmm. like so many others did. But that's what that's what really brought about this book, and that's what really brought us. fellowship because you guys were walking through a season Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna say this but 80% of marriages fail after the after the loss of a child so I mean that's a real statistic The the trauma and the pain from losing a child is real and you guys walk through it I I didn't
3: I didn't know that Brent yeah
1: it's 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 traumatic it's Mm -hmm. it's a very devastating blow (sighs) to any relationship uh, to lose somebody um, especially a child in, in that regard, because it just brings about a a, um, a loss that you guys can't fix. No. Mm-hmm. You, you can't fill that void. You, you're both hurting so bad that you can't, you can't help each other. And so you end up resenting each other and the, that resentment brings about the biggest chasm that you can possibly imagine because you miss somebody you you love and the person you love can't help you. Mm. And there's just, there's just no way to really resolve that except through your faith in Jesus Christ. And I think that's what we experienced, Stephanie specifically, with, um, with your message afterwards. And so I just want to say thank you for being courageous after that to step up on the platform again. That's, that's very much a, a t- telling of your character and your courage to do that. But just share just a little bit about that moment and then the book and anything else you guys want to share about Lee Beth.
2: Well, as you mentioned about the whole marriage situation after events like this, um, we did a pain audit after LeBeth passed away. And I'll share just a little bit about how that transpired because it's a messy story. And it's one that, sadly, we're not the only family that has dealt with this type of situation. But Ed and I looked back over our lives because marriage has, uh, I mean, we we invest in our marriage, we work hard in our marriage. And so after she passed away, we knew that these statistics existed about pain and how it affects your marriage. And we looked back over our lives of marriage, we've been married 42 years, and we have gone through a lot of things that could have tipped the scale against us in our uh, survival Mm -hmm. and thrival Mm -hmm. of marriage. So, the death of a child is definitely, I would say, the most traumatic thing as a couple that we could go through. Lee Beth was a 34-year-old beautiful single woman. Mm. Um, she grew up at Fellowship Church. She We started Fellowship Church when she was three years old. Wow. So she loved the church. She gave her life to the Lord around Valentine's weekend when she was six years old and served in the church. She was always... Like that kid that all the church members were like, oh, if we just had a dozen Lee Bess, we would, you know, the youth group would be phenomenal, Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. Now at home, she gave us a little bit of, she was very Mm strong-willed. So especially with me, the Mm mom-daughter relationship, uh, we kind of had our struggles, but nothing that was abnormal. And so she was a member of our church staff, very creative. She graduated from college with honors. Uh, but she struggled with anxiety and depression on mm-hmm. and off through her life. Can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah, sure. She had
3: the unique um, unique giftings, giftedness or whatever, giftedness of and I've said this before, of of creativity and discernment, wisdom. In other words, a lot of people who are creative, you know, we we or whoever, because I'm an artist, but you can kind of get out there. Lee Beth. Not only was she innovative, she also had great leadership ability, which you, you, you normally don't find. Now and then I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And she had that. So just from a church corporate standpoint, I we missed the heck out of her mind and what she brought to the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And obviously, from a parental standpoint, you know, you can't even, um, it's hard to even describe the the um, pain.
2: So she, with the anxiety and depression, um, and a couple of failed relationships, and it's interesting, Ed mentioned discernment with church stuff, with yeah. work stuff, with her work ethic, discernment on another level.
0: Yeah, she just said, yeah. When it yeah, came right. to some personal
2: right. things, discernment on a lower level. Mm-hmm. And she began to uh, binge drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. Kind of a self-medicating thing, and she actually called me and said, Mom, I think I have a problem, because we weren't aware of any of it. Mm-hmm. But she reached out to us first. Which she
1: was I, living by herself.
2: She was living by herself. Her anxiety and depression kind of escalated because her siblings, she's the oldest of four, her three siblings all had relationships, were married, and beginning to have children. Mm-hmm. So here she was, five and seven years older than her siblings and none of that was playing out for her. Mm-hmm. And it, it had a huge effect on her. And so with all that said, the binge drinking, we you know, worked with her with, through counseling and through therapy and then um, more recently, closer to the time where she passed away, she had two different episodes. One that ended up with her being in rehab She got out of rehab, was doing what we thought was well. Um, But parents, I think, can be blind sometimes to things that are going on. We want to see the best in Mm -hmm. our children. And uh, then she had an episode. I was out of town visiting my mom, helping her transition into a memory care center. And I got a pocket call. And... I tried, to, it was from Lee Beth and I tried to call her back and she didn't answer and that was unusual. If I couldn't get Lee Beth, it was because something was wrong. Mm-hmm. So I called Ed, I said, I don't know what's going on. Lee Beth, something's wrong with Lee Beth. And he went to her home and found her. And she was, you know, it, it was a parent's worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. So he took her to her therapist, got her sobered up, you know, trying to do that process. And then after visiting with the therapist, took her to our house. It was at the very tail end of COVID. Mm -hmm. So as far as Texas is concerned, Mm -hmm. Texas was a little ahead Mm -hmm. of the game than a lot of other places, but um, she did not want to go to the hospital. She was very anxious and Ed said, do you want me to take you to the hospital? But she would have had to be alone if she had gone to Mm -hmm. the hospital Mm -hmm. due to the COVID protocols. So she was at the house and um, at just, we thought doing good, kind of coming out of everything and it just turns south and I'll let Ed kind of finish that story
3: yeah we um, spent the day together and that was the most brutal day next to her next to the moment of her death that I've ever experienced in my life going to her home and seeing her in that condition it was uh, it was like nothing I'd ever seen Mm -hmm. before and talking to her therapist because you know we had to had to clean her up and all all sorts of things I won't get into but I took her to the therapist and she seemed to be doing doing well you know Um, she was shaking a little bit but again we we uh, surmised that she was just coming off of that high Mm. you know she had mixed Adderall with alcohol so I I made her a little bed in our playroom. We had a playroom for our grandkids in my office at my house. Was right just across the room from that. And so I said, Lee Beth, I love you. Um, I'm so proud of you. You know, we're going to get through this. So I remember kissing her on the forehead. I said, I'll be right in here if you need me. And you, we were doing all of the, the the things that you were supposed to do. And I was studying for a message about Abraham and Isaac, and I still can't believe this, and I, I wrote these words. I love, um, I mean, I use technology a lot, but I also like to write. And so I was writing, and I wrote these words, and he placed him on the altar. And right after I wrote altar, I heard a sound like I'd never heard before. I called her name, Leabeth. Leabeth. no response ran into a room and in essence she she was gone Mm -hmm. of course we we called the paramedics and they worked on her but i could tell just by their by their tone and tenor it, it it didn't look didn't look good and and of course i was praying for her to be healed in the name of jesus god bring her back and they had the paddles and all the adrenaline and everything so they they, they said there was a faint pulse, but there was no brain activity at the time. So I went to the hospital, and again, they, they wouldn't even let me go back because of COVID there with her. And then the doctor came out and, and said the words that anyone, any family member just uh, hates, and, and they're so, so devastating. He looked up at me and he said, Mr. Young, I'm so sorry. There's nothing we can do. Mm -hmm. And he said, now I'll let you and EJ, our son was with me. I'll let you guys go back into the room when she passes. So we went back. And Lisa was out of town. She was visiting her mom in South Carolina. And I had told her of the situation. So she was going to try to catch a flight to get back. And so anyway, we all FaceTimed. And our, our family did while Lee Beth was uh, moving from this life to the next. And, and we were singing Chris Tomlin's brilliant song, How Great Is Our God. Mm-hmm. So we were singing that when she passed. And then, to make a long story longer, we were at an event, a leadership event, with a bunch of pastors in Mexico, of all places, and Chris Tomlin happened to be there. so.
2: And we didn't know Chris. We didn't know
3: Chris. Yeah. It was a very casual environment. And
2: it was kind of one of those things where you're like, okay, do we go up to Chris <laughs> yeah. in this very joyous time and right. say, um, we just want to let you know that when our daughter passed away, we sang your song. Well, I think first I, I,
3: I said, you're from East Texas? He goes, yeah. I said, you've got to like bass fishing yeah. because I love fishing. He goes, man, I love it. And then we got into the show. Yeah,
2: race. so there was a little bit of a segue, but... He was very touched, oh, yeah. and we asked if he would be kind enough to let us mention this in the book, because you know you have to get signed off mm-hmm. on all kinds sure. of stuff. And I, why we sang that song, no. I just think the Holy Spirit no dropped it,
0: mm-hmm.
2: because that's been our testimony that God is great mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. things aren't great. Mm-hmm. His character never changes, mm-hmm. even though our circumstances can be the worst, and Ed and I, we had no idea what it was like to walk in this type Mm -hmm. of pain and grief. We had no clue. I I actually felt guilty in the months after this for how I had responded to people who had gone through such pain. Mm -hmm. I was like, I almost want to call and apologize and say, I just didn't get it. But I think... I know when people are trying to mm-hmm. minister to me or trying to say things that they really don't know, they're doing the best that yeah, they, they can yeah. in the yeah. moment. But God has been faithful through it all. And there's nothing that we could say to explain it other mm-hmm. than that's the power and mm-hmm. the supernatural presence of a relationship with Jesus. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So one of our board members, uh, we we were in spring break last year I got a call their son had been uh, killed in a, in, a, in a plane crash. He's a pilot and he had flown uh, his sister and his two uh, nephews from Dallas to Lubbock. She, she missed her flight and she needed a flight. So he was a private pilot, small plane, uh, flew her to Lubbock. And then as he was taking back off to come back to Dallas, uh, I still don't understand exactly what happened, but he didn't have a lot of time and the plane crashed and he was dead on impact. Um, great family one of the best families out there Mm. like you know just just love jesus great heart and their response was similar it was it was one of those situations where i was trying to understand how they could be so confident in what god was doing in the the moment and their response was all of our days are numbered his days were numbered Mm and we just we just have to settle in with the fact that god he, he gave us this life and he took away this life and that's right and their their response was so godly and such a our, our God is a great God and that uh, funeral service that memorial service I went to it it was it was the coolest celebration of a life probably similar to Lee Beth and all the family got up there his favorite song was it's not his spiritual uh, mm-hmm. was Travis Tritz it's a great day to be alive mm-hmm. and they were just singing that song from the top of their lungs all of his fraternity yes. buddies from college and um, but it was it was birthed out of that spirit that in Christ you have a solid foundation whether you're on earth or in heaven your your days are numbered yes but if you're a believer then you should be mm-hmm. excited about that transition into heaven and that's it and,
4: and that's it reminds me of the scripture that it just talks about how we don't grieve like others grieve right because you know the truth and absolutely that's,
2: that's exactly well said. and and i don't ever want to seem there's this balance because ed and i are still devastated i mean i am welling up with tears just hearing the story of this pilot um because i know the pain and i identify with it and but i don't ever want to seem like we in christ that we don't have that human side that Mm -hmm. struggles because we do but i was listening to a message um and this pastor was saying that Having an eternal perspective changes everything. Mm. And mm-hmm. as Christ followers, we ha- we are here on this earth, but our home is truly in heaven. And so that perspective changes the way you look at life and death. And so my hope is heaven, and I I have enough of a track record with the Lord to know that he's been faithful and his promises have been true, mm-hmm. and this promise of our hope in heaven is true mm-hmm. based on his faithfulness.
1: So good. Okay, XO Live, we're, we're actually live right here Thank you for joining us today uh, I see some great questions coming into the chat uh, Thanks for watching Let us know where you're coming from uh, We always love to hear from from you I have a question in here This is the first question in the queue um, Kinsey says that she lost a son to an overdose After being a drug addict uh, This was just a few months ago That she lost her, her, her son Family members tell me he wasn't saved But he told me days before he passed That uh, he was praying for God praying for help from God, is he saved? Now, let me just say this. Um, I'm a pastor's kid, so I grew up in a, in a house where I had so much anxiety about the rapture and about <laughs> you're <Eternity. laughs> watching, hello. Uh, so the rapture and then was I going to go to heaven? And it was it was a... You
4: were also very traumatized by the word eternity.
1: I, I freaked out over, over the thought of eternity, like that you just keep going and going and yeah, going, totally going, going, going and going. Yeah, and totally going, and There's no end to it. I just... It, because of my brain sequence for whatever yes. reason, it tripped me up bad, and I would get very anxious about it. It's it's one of those situations where if you just like think about a mirror reflection that just keeps going on forever, and you can never find the end of it, you know, just this this endless tunnel that you're never sure where you're going. Why am I talking about this? <laughs> going back to going back to the the the, the, the origin of this thought, which is. Uh, I think as believers, sometimes you can get tripped up over whether or not you're going to go to heaven. And one day I was talking to my dad about it. I was a little boy, and he goes, "God's trying to find reasons to get you into heaven, not to keep you out." Mm -hmm. Like, there's not like if you're saved and you're and I'm not I'm not trying to get all theological, and I'm not trying to go reform or Calvinistic or whatever. (laughs) But this this idea that, in my mind at least, this Mm -hmm. idea that you know if you're a Catholic or if you're a Protestant that you're somehow going to have to work harder because God looks at Catholics in a better sense or Protestants in a better sense. Her grandmother was a, was a Catholic, was one of the best people I've ever met in my entire life, mm-hmm. served the church, loved Jesus. If you're telling me Catholics can't go to heaven, I have a problem with that because she's probably one of the best human beings I've ever met. Uh, on the other side of things, you know, there are people like for me, for example, I was a pastor's kid uh, I was saved at an early age, but I had to find Christ when I was 19 on my own. Like, I had to go through a, a process of finding uh, my faith on my own. Um, and I think the question always is, if I would have died before I gave my life back to Christ, or if I was in a moment of rebellion, would I have gone to, to mm-hmm. um, heaven? Yes. That's that's one, yeah. one of those questions that I think everyone has. And so for Kinsey, asking this question, that her son was overdosed, uh, did, did a, um, uh, was a drug addict and overdosed on drugs a few months ago, but he reached out to God for help. Like, how do you t- clarify that as a pastor? I would,
3: I would say this, you know, Jesus said, if we have the faith of a mustard seed, which is almost microscopic, then, then we, we're saved, we're rescued. Obviously, God is the only one who knows if anyone is, is a Christian. In this case, though, I I would think he was a, a believer, and even though he was involved in very very dark and difficult place, that doesn't mean he's not going to heaven. So it's you know we're saved by grace through faith. You know it's it's Christ alone.
1: Yeah, I think about Jesus on the cross mm-hmm. and the the thief next yes, to him. Yeah, exactly. And I always think about the the thought yeah. that. That guy did nothing right, right. until the very end. It's mm-hmm. a great point, and he, and he was promised paradise <clears throat> that same day.
2: I would add to that too for Kinsey is that, be careful of the voices that you listen to,
0: mm-hmm.
2: if people are, you know, going in that direction to. I don't know. I just mm-hmm. think that's an unhealthy thing to tell someone who's grieving. Mm-hmm. And not that we want to diss our family, if it's family right. or friends, whatever, but just be careful of how loud those voices are. Yeah, don't
3: make decisions in the dark that are opposed to the decisions you've made in the light. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, to you? It's easy to get off track, but she has to realize, too, that it's a mustard seed faith, that's a faith decision that he made, and that he's with Christ.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yep. And, and I think I think meditating on that is what brings you comfort mm-hmm. and peace mm-hmm. instead of all of the things that you can qualify as being, you know, punishment for him. Mm-hmm. That why why he's going to, you know, to help whatever people are telling her that, that he's not qualified for heaven. If you meditate on those things, you can you can believe those things. Mm-hmm. But if you believe that God is a forgiving God, full of grace and mercy, and again, right. he's trying to find ways to get you into heaven, not to that's keep so you good. out. Mm-hmm. That's I, so good. That's great. That's helped me at least
3: uh, yeah. a little bit of that. Of that PK vibe, um, and you know, Brent. I, I don't going back to her her question and her situation. Just like ours, you you never get over something like we're describing. Mm-hmm. I still smile, I still laugh, and Lisa smiles and laughs. We have joy, but is it the same before Lebeth passed? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think so. I think we're just forever changed because of it. Mm-hmm. We have another question in here, and this this person is saying this
1: is gonna be so helpful to some of her family friends, family and friends. Um, but some of them have been questioning if God is real, and what did their child do to deserve to die? Such hard questions, and they're trying to help them navigate this situation. So I think that is a, a very valid point, which is if God is such a loving God, how could he allow these kinds of things to happen? Oh, yeah. Like you, you kind of start to go down that path of mm-hmm. what did I do wrong? Am I cursed? Am I judged? Did I do something to, uh, did I not do something that I should have done? Or did I do something that I shouldn't have done to bring judgment on my house? You know, those kinds of things that sh- you can find yourself, especially if you are in a legalistic, uh, denomination or around people that are very dogmatic about behavior. Um, you can ask, cause there's, there's, People that have uh, probably gone down a path like Lee Beth that maybe had a miracle. Oh, yeah. That didn't end up that, that story the same way.
3: Which is very difficult when you, I mean, I, we celebrate those miracles and we've seen them in other people's lives and we ask ourselves, why what? didn't it happen to Lee Beth?
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
3: Here we've been pastors and we've done this or that. And Libeth passes away. So we have to, at the, I hate to say this, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. that's a popular phrase, isn't it? At the end of the day, we, we have to trust in the, in the sovereignty of God and God's will. And, and that's what Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed in the garden. He said, Lord, I, I would love for this cup, this whole situation to pass from me, but it's not my will, it's yours. So I would say that. Secondly, I would say, no, there's nothing that someone has done or, or maybe you've not done to constitute something like that. I mean, it's easy. I like to say it's easy to swim laps in the pool of regret. You know, would have, should have, mm-hmm. could have.
4: That was really good.
3: Yet Jesus extends his nail-scarred hand to us and wants to pull us out of the pool and put us on that solid rock and he's like, hey, he's not like he is. I I have something for you. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Ed and I asked those same questions. Are oh, you yeah, asked those questions? It's mm-hmm. like, okay, God, you know, we've we've really lived for you. Mm-hmm. We've we've been in ministry, all of these things. And like I said it earlier, this is a messy, messy thing. Mm-hmm. I mean we're pastors in ministry. Yes, Our daughter was on the church staff, very thriving in what she did. And yet, ooh, this is this is a big deal.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I remember at the ExO conference hearing uh, Irene Rollins mm-hmm. share her story.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was on the front row, and Ed and I had just shared our story about Lee Beth, and uh, the theme of our message, or the main mm-hmm. point was that uh, our hope is in the anchor of Jesus. And unless you have that anchor, to hold you secure, it's it, you won't be able to face the storms of losing a child or whatever. And then Irene spoke and talked about how God had brought her through, how Jimmy had supported her, and how she has been sober and recovering for I don't know how many years. But it was such a beautiful story. But the angst in me as I sat on that front row and watched her on that stage, and I told her, I said, Irene, I celebrate you. I'm so thankful Whoa. for what God did in your life. Mm-hmm. And I said, it was hard for me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I know that God is sovereign and that both stories are victories. Yeah, that's mm-hmm.
1: true. Yeah I, I would, yeah, I would say that, um, and, and this is it's the, hard, it's the hard side of, of the truth of this, which is your lives were forever changed, but so many good things have come mm-hmm. yes. from... Her passing, like it's not, it's not a tragedy story, except for the loss of her life. Because so many people have found Jesus, mm-hmm. so many people have now mm-hmm. been helped through this. So her life lives on in a in a powerful mm-hmm. way, even though it's hard right. oh, to yeah. deal with that truth.
2: I, actually, the day she died, um, I I was able to get a flight, landed at nine a.m. at DFW. Had picked me up. Uh, just got back to the house our kids were coming we had a daughter and son-in-law and granddaughter in Oklahoma that drove in and we sat in our living room and it was kind of like this need to say what what are we going to do mm-hmm. how already um once Beth's death hit the news which it's I'm not even thinking in those terms, but because we are public Mm -hmm. people, it was public, but there was speculation as to suicide, speculation Mm -hmm. as to a car accident. There were things out there, I'm like, where did this even come from? Mm -hmm. And so we wanted uh, to tell the story accurately, even though it was so messy, so that God could use it. And it goes back to the story of Ed writing on that note card and Abraham put Isaac on the altar. And we
3: just said we can't alter this but we can all we can put it on the altar. altar. A-L-T-A-R.
2: And there to. is it is such a cliche but purpose in your pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is purpose in the pain. The purpose for us was and is God has grown us in ways that we never could have imagined. Sure. He's he's called us to look back at his faithfulness to realize his faithfulness now, and Mm -hmm. to know that he's gonna be faithful in the future. He's also helped us be better empathizers Mm -hmm. and more compassionate with people. I think Ed and I pastor better now because of our reality of pain. Mm -hmm. And then also just being willing to say, God, we don't understand any of this, but if you can use it to bring one person into the kingdom, then it's worth it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and again, we would—I say—worth it. We would have Lebeth back in a heartbeat. Right. Even though our life with Lebeth was difficult. I mean, she struggled,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and every family gathering there was a struggle, and there was tension, and there were things going on. Um, but of course, we would trade anything to have sure, her back. Sure, absolutely. But yet, the upside, the perk of pain. Is that God doesn't waste it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah.
4: And I think that was, that's so good. I mean, thinking back to when I first heard you guys talk about it, was, I don't know if it was her memorial or right before that, but you both actually went on stage Mm -hmm. and were so transparent and cried through the whole entire thing and just shared what was going on. And it was, I think people just related to that. You know, you were so honest and open and, didn't hide behind it or try to cover it up because of who you are, but I think that's what people really related to with you guys.
2: And I think, Ed, uh, when we did that, I remember exactly, and ironically, that was, LeBeth passed away January 19th of 2021, and that was Valentine's week, Mm -hmm. and she gave her life to the Lord Mm -hmm. on Valentine's week. Mm -hmm. And... So in one way, it was so hard, so sad, so difficult, but yet there was this celebration. And for parents, I will say, when Beth was a baby, we did what a lot of parents do. We dedicated her to the Lord. Um, she was not baptized as an infant. Mm-hmm. She was dedicated to the Lord as an infant. And we stood on a stage and we recited these words and said, God, thank you for entrusting us with her. Thank you for giving us stewardship over her. She's a gift. Mm-hmm. And we had that gift for 34 years. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so thankful and grateful for 34 years. But mm-hmm. if we really meant those words that we said on that stage, yeah. <laughs> we trusted God with her the mm-hmm. whole way. And when it was time for her not to be with us, we have to continue to trust him. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And you know, too, isn't it kind of a weird, I guess you could say, just. just I can't say, juxtaposition. Juxtaposition. It's a great word. Uh juxtaposition <laughs> between you know, the Bible is, is very open and honest about we're gonna go through hard times, mm-hmm. okay. But also it talks about blessings and abundance and opportunities. Mm-hmm. So it's that it's that holy tension mm-hmm. I think we're talking That's about good. as well. So good. So sometimes we want to to kind of go negative and, you know, it's just Woe is me! I'm a lowly worm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's extreme, and I don't think that's the way God wants us to live. On the other hand, I know some people. It's everything is um, just skipping down the primrose path of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a there there's a uh, balance in it, you know, mm-hmm. which is uh, I don't think anyone can really explain it, but it's but it's part of our. Existence, yet within it, God is good when things are good, and God is good when things are not good. God mm-hmm. is good. It's intrinsic to who he is. He doesn't have to do things to be good. He's good. Mm-hmm. Right. And when we just try to get our little finite brains around that, mm-hmm. things, things begin to, to really open up. Okay, I want one more question from the queue on, on this topic,
1: just because I think it's you, you are ministering to people through this. I mean, I know you all had to be ministered to to some degree, but this is a topic that not everyone can address because not everyone's walked through it, and you guys are both qualified to minister to people, but this question um, from Sean, he says, I just lost a cousin to congenital heart defect. I'm not sure how to console my aunt, who is is so defeated right now. Uh, his cousin was in his early 20s. Um, so so consoling a family member, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like practically speaking, where, like you said, people are coming at y'all and you know, we're praying for you. Uh, we love you. Mm-hmm. Th- th- God's timing is his timing. People are saying things, you know, all these... Um, this nomenclature of, of thought. I heard that word this weekend again. I, I know the word. He, wow, wow. He wow. He that I, out. He nomenclature. I was like, nomenclature. Nomenclature it's is really a great, <laughs> <laughs> It's a great. Sphetic. It's, it's <laughs> a great show uh, off. Hey, so, you know the, these these terms people throw around, these phrases, whatever. They're trying to help. That is yes, they it's are coming from a good place. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. But no to somebody who's hurting, since you've you've walked through it, what would you say? How does he relate to his? <clears throat> aunt? I would
3: say just the ministry of your presence. No one has the words. You don't have the words. I don't have the words. I would just just loving them, mm-hmm. hugging them, mm-hmm. being there, praying for them. That's that's what we can do. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's what I would say.
2: I'm talking with a lady, which is interesting because our story. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram and things like that. There was a lady that reached out to me on, uh, I think, Facebook. And her son was killed in a car accident late September of this year. And she's a single mom and just going through such a horrific time. And one of the things that I've encouraged her with, and because I can speak to this, I mean, I'm I'm not just your average Joe or Jill, (laughs) but (laughs) but I told her I said, "Uh, seek community and she was worried because her friends were reaching out to her and she said I don't want them to, that's have to a great word. Th- I don't want to have to be- them to have to bear this burden. I said they don't know what to do for you. They mm-hmm. love you. They want to bear this burden. Mm-hmm. So even though they don't know necessarily what mm-hmm. to say, lean into them. Be in community. Don't try to do this alone. And for us, mm-hmm. it's the local church.
3: Mm-hmm. And and at least from a scientific perspective, that's the extracurricular Matrix or not extra? Extra anyway.
2: What is this with the cells? Vocabulary? Cells are made. Are cells are made. Each other?
3: Cells are made to join together. So every cell in our body is made to join, and, and we and the cells support one another. Well, that's a microcosm of a bigger need we have. Especially going through grief, we we need to to grieve in. community Community. as well. And that's where the local church comes in. Mm.
2: So uh, that would be, I'm going to give you several pieces of advice to answer this question. Community, encourage community so Mm -hmm. that you're not alone. Isolation breeds, you know, just horrible things. It's like desolation. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just go into a place of of danger if you're alone because your thoughts go Mm -hmm. rampant and whatever. Uh, so community. The other thing is if you want to minister to your aunt or to anyone, like Ed said, just be there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Try hard not to quote scripture, not to... Um,
3: I like what my brother says. Don't put a Romans 828 yet. Band-Aid over a gaping wound. Yes. Mm. yes. Somebody slapped somebody right there. It's mm-hmm. the less <laughs> is, Appropriately. The <laughs> less
2: is more principle. Yes. Rather than you trying to be the Holy Spirit for them, yep. let the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. work through you to be who you need to be for them. And I
3: think at the right time, too, we can resource them as well. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the reasons why we wrote this book. Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. Just to get it in the hands because it, it when Beth passed away, I went to her therapist. I began going to LeBeth's therapist. Okay. And Ed and our big proponents of therapy, that's one of the things we love about XO is that you you know make that available. But I wanted to go and I, I said, where's the manual? Where's the book that says, do this, 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 and this, and your heart's gonna feel better. Mm-hmm. And she said, there's not one. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she said, you might wanna write it. And I was like, <laughs> well, I'm not there yet. Not yet. But our, I wouldn't say our book is a manual, but it does give practical principles on how to go through pain and how to minister to those who are going through pain. Mm-hmm. So be in community. Don't try to be the Holy Spirit for people. Um, Just let the Holy Spirit work in you. And then if you feel the need to take a meal to them, take a meal. If you feel the need to say, to text them and say, hey, I'm praying for you. Do that. If
3: you think it do it. Do right? it. Say and it. You'll
2: never yeah. know what those things mean. Mm-hmm.
0: No I got texts
2: in the middle of the night from this lady in our church who had insomnia and she just texts mm-hmm. me, I'm praying for you. Well, I had trouble sleeping mm-hmm. during that time. Mm-hmm. I woke up and I saw this text. Boom. It meant the world. Sure. That's good. It meant the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: well, I want to shift gears uh, but because this topic is obviously um, it's your it's your story, it's a book, uh, but you know, it's, it's definitely heavy. I mean, there's, there's, there's mm-hmm. a lot going through a path through pain. Uh, this is a phenomenal book. It's, it's one that I've witnessed firsthand. You guys walk through that pain, come out on the other side, maybe. I do, can,
0: I do have a question. Okay,
1: go ahead. I I, I'm not ending the show, but okay, go ahead.
4: know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're over. No, I, go ahead. So we, he sort of touched on this at the beginning about how, um, how did you guys navigate your marriage through this and did it did it have effects? I know you've talked about it a little bit from the stage, but can you?
0: Touch yeah, I, down?
3: I would say first, it definitely had an effect and has an effect on it. It's a great question. The initial response, Stephanie and Brent, is to is to come together, is to is to be like, wow, we're so tight, we're so close, we're so bonded. Yet after a while, you begin to sort of separate and you grieve at different times and in different ways, that is where marital drift comes in. And, and we both have seen that, mm-hmm. I, I, would, I would say that.
2: Mm-hmm. Thankfully, that same therapist warned us of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She said, Lisa, you're gonna grieve tightly but then you're gonna grieve separately. And she Mm -hmm. said, that's where the danger of separation and isolation in your relationship happens. So Ed and I, in those initial days, I remember I had to hold his hand a lot, just like at night before going to bed. I could not go to sleep without holding his hand. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And that's just a physical aspect. Um, I, I needed him to be close. As time goes on, practically that can't happen 24-7 because, you know, work and Mm. activities and things. And I remember being very devastated at one time just because it hits you in waves. I mean, months later, a year later, it just something happens. And he he won't know it. I mean, like, for example, Christmas decorations. Mm -hmm. I primarily put the Christmas decorations on the tree Well, I'm... <laughs> we're just that family that we don't do that whole Hallmark thing yeah. where you put it together mm-hmm. at the same time. So I'm putting on ornaments, baby's first Christmas, mm-hmm. 1986, and a picture of Lee Beth in first grade mm-hmm. and all these different things. And so I may be at the Christmas tree and yeah. he's just come from like, a great workout or a mm-hmm. wonderful day at the office. And so we're on different levels mm-hmm. or different wavelengths, mm-hmm. so to speak, or it's the same may happen with him. That's a great him. point,
3: yeah, and that happened, yes.
2: And that's where the, the work in marriage, which we talk about all the time, the marital work ethic, that you have to work at marriage. You have to work at your communication. You have to work at all mm-hmm. these things. It doesn't just happen. All great things in life, according to my father, um he he would say, Lisa, if it's worth having, it's worth doing. If it's worth having, it's worth working for. You mm-hmm. know, you have got to work. And that's the same in marriage. So communication is work. And we had to take our communication to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had to be willing to say, Ed, I'm in I'm in this spot right now. Mm-hmm. And then his sensitivity would be recognizing it and then coming in to where I needed him to be,
0: mm-hmm. and then
2: vice versa. Mm-hmm. So it just, grief c- makes or requires you to do your marriage at a top level.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that would be how I'd say it. Would you say that? Like a... Yeah. I mean, you have to be hitting they, on all cylinders.
3: Yeah, it, it heightens your senses. It heightens your realization of what the other person is processing and going through at the time. mm mm-hmm. And
4: do you think yeah. a couple can
2: make it without going through counseling? or would would you say that it's Woo. I that yes, you can. But question. if you have wise counsel maybe from a friend, you know counseling is it shouldn't be taboo. And right. I know yeah. that it does cost something, so that's a factor. but
3: but it's worth it. I mean, think about what we spend. Oh. On golf or at mm-hmm. Home yeah. Goods. <laughs> okay, oh, be sweet. I think you just got tired. <laughs> but this is the thing.
2: So for Ed and I, he is a high capacity person. I'm more of an. He's an extrovert. I'm more of an introvert. This would be a way that I communicate to him, Ed. I I, I don't have. The, do I say it like a, length, don't I've, or... I don't have the bandwidth yeah. to do this right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm and he allows me to pull back. That's good. That's great but then it. I'm not going to pull back forever because that's not a good space to be.
1: Do you feel like your marriage is stronger now? Oh, gosh, Since yes. you've gone through, gone through it? I
2: said that really fast. Okay. Wow. <laughs> no, I do. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. It's yes.
1: a great question. How long say yes. uh, before you guys felt like the the normalcy, quote, unquote, was was back, and especially related to um, the intimacy of communicating without mm-hmm. it always being about uh, that that
3: story I mean
2: God.
3: <laughs> I would say six months maybe a year a year six months to a year
2: we chose and again this is therapy to talk about Lee Beth from the get-go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot of people kind it's almost like it's a taboo subject mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: you're talking about back to normal kind of yeah, I'm I know it's about, not normal,
1: but... You, you can go to date night without feeling heavy, or you can six, go... I would say six months. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A, yeah, where, I got you. Where do you get back to? Yeah. Well,
2: but I would say, what I was going to say is that talking about her in conversation casually with our other children uh-huh. and with friends, like saying, oh my goodness, Lee Beth, what she had a great sense of humor. We would say she would be rolling mm-hmm. hearing mm-hmm. that story mm-hmm. or something like that. So it brought this... A lifting of our spirits, so mm-hmm. that I think there were definitely times where we just laughed yes. and had good times. But it's like it's it's like a um, it's just a wound, Brent. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it. So I would say it still mm-hmm. is an ever present thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a wound but-
3: that's still soft to the touch.
2: But mm-hmm. Ed and I have said and throughout the book and I think the message of the book is this that grief and joy can run on parallel tracks. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was happening from the very beginning but the grief was so predominant. Yeah. And then it just kind and of And I would st- say that
3: staying with this metaphor, I would say that grace and mercy would be the HOV lane. <laughs> That's good. And grief would be just a regular freeway you know that the that the gin pop takes
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah <laughs> yeah but you know what even though I you like don't it. feel all hunky-dory and you don't feel uh-uh. uh you may not feel like a date night we don't feel like a lot of things but mm-hmm. we do it anyway because we know it's great for us i don't feel like working out but we work out yeah exactly I work out. so still go on the date night yeah. even though you don't, don't necessarily feel it, feel it. Mm-hmm. still go
3: and you know, it's like the proverbial. How many times have we been in a small group? I've done this before. Okay, let me read this section of scripture, Romans chapter two, verses five through eight. Lisa, now, now when you read that text, how do you feel about it? Stephanie, how do you feel? Uh, Brent, how do you feel? Well, that's great that we feel certain ways, but that's that's not necessarily the message or the context, you know, the of the scripture. Mm-hmm. So even though we don't feel a certain way about... Yeah, as you say, yeah. Does that make sense for us then? Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're
4: introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or
2: prevent any disease. To me, so, no, It doesn't make sense at all, honey. No. So path, path through pain,
1: paththroughpain.com is path through where pain. they can find the books. also on Amazon. It's how I bought mine. It's Amazon. So I wanted you guys to have some, some metrics on the Amazon <laughs> site to where you guys felt like uh, the pre-orders were, were happening. So I bought mine through Amazon. You can get it through Path Through Pain. And there's other ways to get it, uh, including the Fellowship Church bookstore. Yeah, mm-hmm. the source. Um, I do want to. We have just a few more minutes. Everyone, good. Yes, we're good. Oh, we're great. we're we're so we're great. You, the we're you and good. Stephanie right. are so wonderful. So uh, Taiwan, put up that, that Instagram post. I want to. I want to shift gears to some other just marriage related items. And I think one of the reasons why uh, I love Ed so much is not just because we're cut from the same cloth, but I don't like that. Uh, what? <laughs> So, couples who buy expensive <laughs> wedding rings are likely to get it forced sooner. This was a study. I just thought that was funny. Uh, <laughs>
3: That's a, is, that, is that a fact? So, it says I don't uh, economics that economics
1: professor Andrew Francis Tan and Hugo Milan suggest okay. that couples well, who spend more true. on the wedding rings, including expensive They did research uh, based on over 3,000 people in the United States, found a correlation between higher wedding expenses and increased divorce rates. I can see that. I think there is an. Yep. Yeah, there's, there's probably a. I've seen it. We used to live. Close to the, the Four Seasons, we lived in this little townhouse. Um, oh, there's like some I'm... good weddings <laughs> at the Four Seasons. Yeah, first, our first house was a townhouse. We lived mm-hmm. uh, on number 17 hole of the, the TPC course where they played the Byron Nelson. And every once in a while, you get a notification from the Four Seasons. Uh, We'd like to inform you that there's gonna be fireworks uh, this, this Saturday night for the wedding of so-and-so. And they would have these huge weddings with fireworks and all these sorts of things. $2 million weddings, it had to be at least $2 million. Mm-hmm. And I just thought the chance of that marriage <laughs> <laughs> lasting after a $2 million wedding isn't any greater. Like it's not like the, 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 the amount of money, they do these big celebrations and I just, I just find it to be a little bit absurd. Uh, now I do say, I, I will say that a wedding ring is a, a signature of how you feel about somebody and they wear, it. it's supposed to wear it forever. Yeah. Um, and I think a, a wedding ring shouldn't indicate the size or the value of it if a marriage is going to last. But I do get that it puts a denomination amount on yeah. the the quality of the relationship, meaning that the girl, if it's not big or if it doesn't have the the diamonds or the character and she feels like her husband doesn't value her from the <laughs> get-go, even if it's subconsciously. Yeah.
0: Me.
3: But I was going to say – I uh, like the way he said the girl. Yeah, that was hilarious, yeah. Brent.
1: Well, I don't, I'm very, so I have a James, no, the, uh,
3: yeah, I, just, I have a James was, Avery ring that cost maybe
1: a hundred bucks. Uh, excellent. No, it, that was, it
4: was like, that's what you started with. I started with that. Now, yeah. now we're the rubber one. So that's what I'm dollars. saying. Now
1: I do. So this is going to be, yep. we're having the EXO marriage conference at Fellowship Church. Yes, Valentine's we are. Day weekend. And we have custom silicone rings being uh, made with our theme on the inside, XO 2024 on the outside. So if you're coming, you'll have a chance to get these. Uh,
3: I'll be wearing that. Are they all the same color,
1: Brent? Well, the, the guys are blue, and the girls will be kind of like a, a cool okay. pinkish, not like a neon pinkish. Every year we're going to try to do something different, but it's hard to... Okay, I've got a to, suggestion. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, so I understand the whole cost of the wedding, because when Ed and I got married, we were 21 years old. I'm talking like it was bare minimum. Barely minimal. 21. Bare, mm. bare minimum. I mean, none of these big... No. Oh, my goodness. I can't even go into all the things that happened now that we did not participate in, but... Um, I do. I have upgraded my ring over the years, but forty-two years, you know, I—it's I, definitely okay. the same
1: way. we, we at okay. some point, I think, twenty-five upgraded. years, or twenty years, yeah. but upgraded. I
2: did just see. A rubber ring that has a tiny little diamond in the center. I you was like gonna it? say that's what I was gonna say. Put a diamond on that. <laughs> if that's it's cool. got a diamond on it, I'm I'm in. I mean, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but they are one of my best friends. <laughs> I
1: know, right? well, the, the idea is, you know, at the end of the Valor renewal ceremony, that, to have a commemorative ring that you get every year with the that's theme on cool. it that you can remember. Great. The, that's the awesome. Throughout the year, that's the idea.
2: Of that's going to be great. Uh,
1: but I actually kind of like these because it they're comfortable. Um, you know it's 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 easy to abuse these things and not feel bad about it yeah. you, know, you, you but I do I will say this I'm always a little bit curious why some people don't wear wedding rings uh, if they're married uh, yeah that's
3: a little unusual and the people that I know Brent the guys who don't many of those have not ended well mm-hmm. not all but many
1: yeah i I'm, I'm trying not to paint with a broad brush but if I find it maybe it's just because it's been ingrained in my head that if I'm by me, well, it's been
4: ingrained in your head by me. Yeah,
1: by the wear your ring by the church. Well, by you too. But I just think that if you're if you're not wearing your ring as a guy, yeah, you're not advertising the right thing. Yeah, and that may be intentional or not intentional. It doesn't matter. But if, if you see somebody without a wedding ring, it, it makes even when she sometimes doesn't wear her wedding ring because she you know doesn't want to travel with it or something. Um, and she'll, she won't have it on because she's washed her hands, whatever. I'll be like, oh, what's going on today? Where are you going? Go? <laughs> <laughs> <How's>, <laughs> I was doing the dishes, honey. <laughs> uh, it's been so ingrained in our, our lives. I do think it's a covenant relationship. It, si- it signifies that you yes. have a bond with somebody that is special, and whether it's societal or it's customary for just Christians, it does, to me, represent a heart behind it. And If you're not wearing it, it could be for you know, sizing issues or uncomfortability or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes jobs. There, there are people that have, have jobs that they yeah. can't wear them all the time. I do think the silicon ring takes a lot of those excuses away. Yeah, it's good. Because some people have metal allergies or they don't like. That's, that's what a lot of guys say. They don't like to wear jewelry. It's like a big deal. Like You've got married. You have to showcase that you're married. <laughs> the other thing about weddings that we were talking about this morning that I don't know that I have a stat that. that yes, 80% qualifies no about the cake yes
4: it was a study so we, we talked about this
1: you're, you're dressed up on your wedding day and you're cutting the cake okay. and there's always this moment where the the bride and the groom smash the wedding cake in each other's face yes mm-hmm. that drives her crazy
4: well because i read a statistic one time that said that couples that do that have a higher tendency to divorce
2: we did not smash. we, didn't. we bit. I, <laughs> yes. I mean, like, took a bite. Yes. He didn't smash. I would have killed him if he did he that. to me. his
3: Yeah, I didn't know that you were supposed to smash it.
4: Oh, some people do. Well, you're not supposed to, but some people, you know, you've
2: seen you them. I've seen, them, seen it, yeah,
1: like the weddings. It's a like, beautiful wedding, and they're just, like, smearing it all over yes. their face.
2: They're either going to have a lot of fun in their marriage, or they're going to have a lot of tension. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be, it'd be tension in ours. Yeah. It's,
1: <laughs> it's interesting, though, how, how these sorts of nuances related to marriage can lead to uh, red flags uh, in a relationship and you can see them and you can witness them and you go, they're probably not going to end up that way. Mm-hmm. But then they kind of follow a trend. Like if you have yeah. if you have a, a fixation on the the money side of weddings, like if, if you're a, a bride or a groom that the expectation is, is that I'm going to be caught up in this dreamy happily ever after moment where I'm going to have the, the wedding of my dreams, mm-hmm. the honeymoon of my dreams, and then we're going to live happily ever after. That doesn't that doesn't exist like that it just doesn't no. uh, there's there's a moment where you you both have to go to the bathroom you just ate thai food and <laughs> there's there's reality that sets in there's no there's no there's yeah. no there's that's no reality. moment like yeah. you're yeah, that's truly me, intimate that's... there's no moment where you can't like you wake up you have like I wear like this retainer at night so like there's no there's those movies that you see, the comedy movies, where the, the guy goes to bed with a, like a CPAP machine. and like, uh, <laughs> There's no romance in that. I don't wear a CPAP machine. <laughs> uh, but things get real quickly. You see the process of how they get ready. You see the process of how they groom themselves. You see the process of how they talk to their family. And all of that changes once you get married. Because at that point, the things that you loved start to Kind of wind down a little bit. Mm-hmm. We want everyone to have a one hundred percent chance of success <laughs> in this. This is going to be good news at the end of the day. Okay, but the reality is, is that you you live with this person, and the things that kind of bugged you whenever you were dating really bugged you. That's right. Whenever you're married, and if you're not willing to push past those, if if everything was based upon the size of the ring, the size of the wedding, mm-hmm. size of the house, and the, and the and the honeymoon, and you really can't stand that person at the end of the day. Yeah. It's gonna crater pretty quick. Oh yeah, uh, that's just my that's just my uh, armchair quarterback approach to to relationships and <laughs> weddings. Uh, even though we've been married for twenty five years, our wedding I was twenty, she was twenty one. Uh, we You're a cougar? you were twenty. Yes. I was twenty. I
2: forgot that mm-hmm. I'm a cougar. for Wow. Three yeah. yeah. Is that I mean, even it's a term still? I don't even I know. know if that's a term. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Is that still a term? I think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, so we our, were young. Our wedding was very bare, too. Very bare, very bare. So we, we, we started off.
4: Our photographer was, my mom hired him. He was the school photographer for like dances. And he came and took our wedding photos. And he took me, my photos, against a white wall. Oh, <laughs> with a white dress. Yes, as pale as I am, It's It's not like
2: it is today. No, you know, And we got married in the church, and that's kind of a yeah. old trend, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Same.
1: Uh, last question I want to ask you, because I think this is an important question. Uh, what if it seems like every time you try to express yourself to your spouse, it turns into an argument, or they don't seem to understand you? You're wrong for thinking or feeling like, what do you do if, if every time you're talking to your spouse, it turns into an argument? I think part of, part of these questions um, are helpful to hear from other couples on how they approach those those moments where you're in a season where everything leads to an argument, how do you resolve it? How how would you coach somebody uh, in your office or in your friend group?
3: We always try to to say this. This sounds really depressing, but it's not. Most issues in marriage are irresolvable.
2: That's positive, is <laughs> <laughs> No, no, aren't they? Like, is it seventy percent, sixty-nine percent of marital issues? Right. Are are not resolvable. Mm-hmm. So you have to go ahead. Yeah. So
3: you have to understand that going in and live with that and negotiate around that. Yeah. That's and it's not
2: a depressing statistic. It is a reality that you learn to deal with. It's a cope you have to because, learn. Like you have deals. gifts,
3: you look at it positively. Yes. That I don't have. I have gifts that Lisa doesn't have. Okay. For example, Lisa is naturally a planner. She's a strategic thinker. She's introverted. I'm the opposite. <laughs> What's the opposite She's of the strategic? Thinking? Quiet. Well, I'm just. Well,
2: Ed thinks a lot. I mean, I lot, think strategically, but he, but he changes not my, on a dime.
3: I'll change,
2: and so I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, that's Lisa's family change is like, no, no, we don't
3: change. I, 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 I change, change just to change.
2: But when it comes to communication, yeah, I have to can... tell him that. And when you're talking about arguments, if every time you talk about an issue, it's yeah. an argument, then maybe you need to check your communication skills. That's true. Also, the timing. There are things that I want to say to Ed, and I choose not to say them because it's just not the right time. And I'm time.
3: not as good about that. Lisa's great so let's, at the So
2: let's timing. draw back where emotions yes. aren't flaring, and let's have a conversation, maybe on a date night. Say, so, you know, this is something that, I feel, and I just mm-hmm. want to see what your thoughts are. Mm-hmm. So it's not combative in a high uh, tense yeah. moment. And, and two,
3: I think before the wedding runner, you need to put out on the table how you deal with conflict. Do you Tupperware it? Yeah. Take it, put it in Tupperware, shove it to the back of the fridge. Well, one day you open it. Whoosh, It's going to be nasty. Mm -hmm. Or are you kind of a gunslinger? You just,
0: ah, 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 wah, wah, wah.
3: Clint Eastwood, just just shoot from the hip.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Or or some people handle it like shaved ice or frappuccino. I'll just ice you out. Mm -hmm. All those things need to be dealt with and put on the table. And okay, let's say you didn't do it before marriage. Do it now. Yeah. I would have a trusted counselor, a trusted friend, where you go, okay, I learned this from my family of origin, and this is how I deal with it. So, I, all those.
2: And read a book together yes. that talks about mm-hmm. communication. That's good. I mean, that's, that's, good. A,
1: that's hey, great. Um, creative Marriage. Right. Creative awesome. Marriage. Here you go. This is, this is a fantastic book. And all of Jimmy Evans' books.
3: That's, that's right. right.
1: Uh, do you mind throwing up that, Taiwan, that photo, uh, uh, the last photo we took last week? Because um, I want to end with this question. This, okay. um, this,
3: this, uh, moment did i answer that question right brent about yeah, i think so yeah
1: i think yes. i think it's important so Aww. this is uh three generations of dads. Of i'm gonna frame
3: that too what's that i'm gonna frame that one <laughs> lisa i'm sorry you're i was home photo.
2: cooking because <laughs> <laughs> well, the in-laws were with us EJ, your yeah.
1: son you and your dad and then me and my dad uh that's great great photo i had never met you
2: had your son there it would have been perfect i know three no,
1: generations of true. man
3: jimmy of has happens. big arms
1: <laughs> Look at the size of his yeah. wrist Guns.
2: Style, yes he is
1: uh, So I wanted to say that We both kind of share a similar Storyline which is we work with family And you guys lead an organization uh, well, well you lead an, or- lead an organization Where your marriage Is pretty much Out there You both have roles yes. in the public uh, you, have the, you have the weight of a church You started 32, 32. Two years ago and the, the, the pressures of ministry, especially senior pastor uh, type ministry, is heavy. Mm-hmm. Then you have your family working with you, um, and then you know you have dynamics where you know your father's still preaching and he's he's a part of it. Your your brother your brothers are are once in the in the church world. The other one. Um, it's so funny that he was a part of Cadman's Call because I will listen to Cadman's Call and
2: <laughs> he's the famous one. And now he's
1: the founder and lead singer. He he's he started. Cli- Cliff's Call. the guy. Yeah.
2: And the movies on Amazon. Uh, yes. The, uh-huh. the show. God Have you seen F- that God yet? I'm F- to no, F- 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 watch F- it with Reed or something. Yeah. We yeah. Watch yeah. God Family Football. Mm-hmm. And it's good. I like it. He has another movie called Playing God that he did. Okay. Well, my
1: point is, is that how do you how do you make it work? with all of those ingredients for your mm-hmm. marriage, and how would you counsel or coach people on working with family, um, navigating the stresses of, not even if it's church, it's a business or ministry world. How, what's, what's y'all's swing thoughts, talking golf language, swing thoughts when it comes to?
3: Nepotism, nepotism is biblical. So I, I think it's great. You have to draw lines in the sand regularly. For example, a family meal can turn into a staff meeting like that. <laughs> sure. And now and then you talk about business or church or whatever, but we need to say, you know, we have our family. You have to have the right attitude. I like that XO hat. Mm-hmm. I have the family hat on now, okay? At the office, boom, I got the corporate hat. We're playing golf, bam, I've got the recreational hat. So I think it's important to communicate that to your kids, to your family, that we're wearing different, hats, and you're going to have some some um, things that transcend all of those areas, but that helps. Another thing that helps, we don't have any of our kids directly reporting to us, That's good. which in our For, context- In the
2: corporate world, but not in the family I mean, world. ultimately they do, <laughs>
3: but you know what I'm saying but to the you. The funny
2: thing is, the, they will call me, mom, yeah.
3: did uh, you know,
2: blah, 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 blah. Tell Dad da da da, and I from the get go, of fellowship church. Whether it was another person in the church yes. or our kids, I'm <coughs> not his secretary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not his personal assistant. Now, now you say personal <laughs> assistant. Personal. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. personal assistant. And and so, he's like not steward his flight attendant, yes. That's right? That's right. That's right. Well, anyway, I just and and I have to understand too. Ed needs me as a wife before he needs me as a co-worker.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's my number one mm-hmm. role is his wife. And then the coworker comes next to that. Good. I think that's it. So it's not perfection, mm-hmm.
1: but it's a process, right? So yes. it's, it's yes. not yes. everyday. Yes. It's just open <laughs>
3: communication, Brent. And I like, though, drawing the lines and then having the right attitude. Yeah. And you sometimes verbalize. I've got my... And then after a while, I think the family begins to pick, pick up the fact, okay... Dad has his family hat on. Oh, literally, Dad has literally
2: his... we've been at the dining table before with all of the oh. adult kids, and they all work with us at Fellowship Church, except for one. And we daughter. never
3: try. We never said work at Fellowship. Yeah,
2: adult, mm-hmm. our daughter-in-law Jess is a NICU nurse. Mm-hmm. But seriously, we'll be at the table, and all of a sudden, somebody will drop a line oh. and go, and we're, I'm like, nope, 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 nope. That's work. That's work. That's mm-hmm. work. Not church. <laughs> we're not yeah. I mean well, not so we don't know about
1: to, that. My dad and I have a great relationship. So I'm 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 first hand oh, knowledge great... of well, like working with somebody, but there are times where we have to have conversations that kind of make it <laughs> we we've got a we got a cough her over here. You're good. You just <laughs> push She's flu. She says she might cough that's fine. Just <laughs> push away, you're good. Uh I I can how can I help you? You want to cough no. drop. Oh, no, you're good. Brit, I just want to make sure so you're, so you're oh, good Brit, that is sweet. You Off have just the monster. illustrated. <laughs> she's gonna get it later. How dare you, <laughs> <No. call? laughs> You've ruined How the show. How dare you? Call? <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, her sense of humor is what's kept us, like yeah. uh, you know, happy. Yeah, Stephanie's really is funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, she's good. funny.
3: We, we, we and that's a, that's
2: a communication thing. Going back to the marital <laughs> communication, laugh together. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: You're funny, Brent.
2: Laugh together. And Ed, Ed and beautiful. I have you. been I married long enough to know this. What's Oh you,
0: yeah,
3: what?
2: I was just saying that you've and I have been married long enough to know that the same issues that we have now are the same issues we had at the first, second, third year, and it's okay. But we've learned to laugh a lot in our mm-hmm. marriage and go, huh, wasn't that funny? And it's not as heavy, yeah. I guess mm-hmm. we can't mm-hmm. take these seriously. And you do these, these
3: idiosyncrasies that we all have. that, I like the way you said it, Brent, they were so cute <laughs> and sexy. Now, after you've been married for a while, it's like, okay, that
2: after the show, I want to hear what me. these
0: were.
3: <laughs> you know what I'm saying, too. you? That, that's a, that's a, well,
1: I would say there's different, you know, like the couples that you see over the years, yeah. there's different versions of marriage, right? There's these couples that come in that, you know, one's maybe the alpha male type with a very submissive wife who doesn't want to do anything <laughs> except for just, you know, serve and yeah. you know, cook and clean and, be a homemaker, you right. have that variation of marriage. And it's not, it's not wrong because that's what they want, right? That, that, that's what they fell in love because she's happy because he's taking care of the business. Yes. Then you have the reverse of that, where the, the wife is uh, more domineering and the husband is more submissive. And um, I've seen flavors of that that, that, that can work as long as long um, as long as there's an understanding of how that ends up. Working out.
2: We're big proponents of mutual. But submission. The, so, but yeah. the
1: ones that I really respect and love and identify with is where there's a commonality of friendship, yeah. Yeah. and shared desire. Very well said. Very you have good. A, well, you have a you have a person you want to spend time with. I tell Stephanie all the time, like I don't have to spend time with you. I want to spend time with yeah. you. I enjoy it. Like I, so. I, I, I <laughs> do enjoy exactly guy time, right. like hanging out with guys, friends, yeah. and stuff. But truthfully, I'm just as happy with her. And even more so because we share a lot of the same interests, you know, like I said, sense of humor. Obviously, we have kids together, so we can talk about things that bring us joy. And I just, I've just i found over the years and in being in a relationship, with, will you stop coughing? Get out. <laughs> 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 so over the years, you're good. We're live, everyone. Hi. How's it going? Woo. Push that cough button if you like to uh, hear more coughing from, from <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm making her. She right, knows that I'm funny, sarcastic. Brent. That's funny. I'm not being passive aggressive. No, I'm very that's car- that's sarcastic. That's okay. Good. So uh, we've been talking for a long time. I could talk to you guys forever. This is uh, this is not like the 700 Club and uh, the other shows you've been on. This is very very laid back. We I love, love it. We love that. You're, you're gonna yes. You're gonna reach an audience that hopefully uh, hasn't heard from from you before because I want to introduce introduce your your story, but just you guys to uh, our XO world even more. And then if you have a church need, if you don't have a church home, Fellowship Church is where we call home, uh, and we love it so much. They have campuses in Dallas, Fort Worth. Grapevine is their main campus, but also Frisco. Frisco is exploding. If you live up in that area, you'll want to do Even in it.
2: East Texas. At That's right, Alasso Ranch. Ranch. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: PKVK changed mm-hmm. our kids' lives, love and it. the the Alasso the Ranch experience was f- fantastic. Y'all do a great job. I'm not just saying that. I'm always amazed at how— Thank uh, you. No, just at how— I appreciate it. You, 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 you both are— Excited about building the church and doing the programs and doing that stuff and you do a great job your team everyone there every weekend I'm, I'm impressed. I tell Dave Clark all the time I don't know how y'all get all of it done because y'all always have whether it's father-son retreats Mother-daughter retreats a ranch you have you know your, your stuff for C3. You're always doing something to help build the church uh, equip people you guys personally put out a lot of great content I started off by building you up. I'm going to try to end by building you up as well. <laughs> uh, we consider you friends, but uh, we are very much excited about calling Fellowship, our church home, because we've we found a great joy there. Our whole family has found great joy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Exo Conference is about to sell out. It's going to be a fantastic weekend. If you can, if you can be there with us live, you'll love it. Um, you guys will be speaking as well and uh, bringing another great word, I guess. Are you?
2: Yes. We'll, oh, I hey, don't, we'll do don't back off. Don't us back us out of No. Now. Are you kidding whatever me? Whatever you ready. want us to do, that's what we're going to do.
1: And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, smashing cake. weddings and <laughs> yeah. wedding cake in people's faces. I even
3: had an idea for for this XO message while we were talking. Good. 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 That's great. I, I think it's going to be mm-hmm.
1: a fantastic event, just like always. Uh, make sure you get your tickets. Yeah, we do have Simulcast locations available. Uh, if you want more information, go to exomarriage.com. Ed and Lisa, thanks for being here today.
3: Thank yeah. you.
2: We love you, Brent. Yes, Stephanie you and Stephanie. You guys the are incredible. Yeah, awesome. We thanks, guys, we'll for watching.
1: Uh, just a few quick housekeeping items. Again, go to paththroughpain.com to get the book uh, from Ed and Lisa. Also, this is the Exo Marriage <laughs> YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed. Hit the like button on the video. It helps us so much. Also, uh, Dave and Ashley have a YouTube channel as well. Go go over there and subscribe. If you still like my parents' stuff, they have the (laughs) Marriage Today channel as well. Go like and subscribe. All of their videos over there. Uh, Also on Instagram, I'm at marriage. If you want to follow me, Uh, we also have many other uh, of our content channels out there on social media in the landscape. Most of them are at XO Marriage, but you can also find Dave and Ashley Willis and Jimmy and Karen Evans on other channels as well. Go find those, but specifically on, on the YouTube channel. Thank you for watching. This goes out every week. We're, we're going live to have great conversations with amazing people, and I hope this has uh, brought you uh, joy and value this week. God bless you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>